0: Now, broadcasting from behind enemy lines, deep in the trenches of the Patriot resistance, leading the charge in the battle for liberty, this is the Jason Veeley Program. Hello
1: folks, Jason Veeley here. You're listening to the Jason Veeley Program. Thanks very much for tuning in. The email address, the JasonVeley program at gmail.com, the Jason program at gmail.com, or give us a call and leave a voicemail. 860 266 2852 I'd uh, I'd love to hear from you. You know, folks, as I watch Joe Biden destroy my country, as I watch Joe Biden enslave future generations generations yet born, under piles and piles of debt, as I watch him massively expand the size and scope and role of the federal government, um, I think to myself, do you realize that us conservatives are really the, the only thing standing in the way of liberals obtaining this authoritarian state? This Marxist America that they envision. Do you realize that? That we conservatives are the only ones standing in their way. I remember when Donald Trump made it very clear. Saying, look, they're not coming after me. Meaning Donald Trump. They're coming after you. They're coming after us the American people, the conservatives, the constitution lovers, the freedom fighters. They're coming for us. Because we're the only ones standing in the way of them achieving whatever you want to call it, a Marxist state, big government, um, fundamental transformation, what have you. Us conservatives are the only ones standing in their way. And that's why... They'll stop at nothing to destroy us. That's why they will stop at nothing to destroy uh, to, de- uh, to destroy us. I mean, you see it, folks, day in and day out. You see the lies, you see the propaganda, you see the the overwhelming censorship. Like this is communist China or something like that. You see it. There's no, there's no limit to what they will do in order to come after us, in order to shut us down. Because, again, we're the only ones standing in their way. They think nothing of lying. They think nothing of smearing us, whether it's in, in Hollywood, in, in the college classroom, in, in the newsrooms, They think nothing of censoring us anymore. I mean, their attacks are more blatant now than I think they ever have been. This offensive attack on conservatism, on on conservative Americans, is unlike anything I've ever seen. And I've been in politics, at least doing political commentary, for a, a good portion of my life, and I've never seen anything like this. They're out with it. They, they don't try to hide it anymore, they don't try to disguise what, what they're doing, it's, it's just, um, you know, per- particularly this censorship that goes on, on, on the internet, this censorship, you know, coming from big tech giants, they think nothing of it, they don't give a damn, freedom of speech doesn't matter, the constitution doesn't matter, The free and open, you know, debate of ideas doesn't matter to them. It does not matter because to them, the ends always justify the means. Their objective is to fundamentally transform this country into something that it's not. And the only possible way they can do that is if they destroy us, is if they shut us up. And so they'll stop at nothing. So they'll stop at nothing. Here's an article from Newsmax. Biden allies want Facebook review of election fraud claim spread. Listen to this. Building Back Together, a nonprofit coalition with close ties to President Joe Biden, on Wednesday, joined in the calls for Facebook to review whether its actions contributed to the spread of election fraud claims leading up to the January 6th incidents at the Capitol. So this nonprofit organization that, by the way, again, has close ties to Joe Biden, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Biden himself made this call, not building back together. It probably did come from the top. But they're now calling for Facebook to review whether or not their actions contributed to the spread of the election fraud claims that led up to what happened on January 6th. Now, folks, a couple weeks ago, before I took my week-long hiatus due to, uh, COVID, um, I talked about the January 6th commission, how the liberals are desperate to pass it, to launch this investigation, to quote-unquote find out more answers, uh, get more information about the, you know, the January 6th insurrection, quote-unquote, and I made the case at the time, and I'll make it again now, that they, they want to keep talking about this. The whole point of this January 6th commission is to keep the conversation going. Why? Because if they can keep talking about what happened on January 6th, then they can continue to justify censorship of conservatives on Facebook and different social media platforms. They can continue to justify why conservatives shouldn't hold office and on and on and on. They're exploiting this for political gain. And so they don't just want to drop... January 6th. They don't want to forget about it and move on. They want to keep talking about it because they use it to smear and attack conservatives. And so now you have this nonprofit organization building back together close ties to Joe Biden saying, hey, Facebook, hey, Facebook, why don't you go ahead and review what you did to contribute to the spread of election fraud claims? leading up to the January 6th incidents at the Capitol. And mark my words, folks, the end goal here, you guessed it, is more censorship on Facebook. They want Facebook to look into this and come to the conclusion that, you know what, conservatives on our platform are dangerous, and we really need to crack down on these conservatives. That's what's going on. That's what this is about. But let me read a little bit more for context. In a letter re- reviewed by Politico, the outside coalition that was formed by top Biden allies and campaign advisors, urged Facebook to commit to an internal probe, which the social media giants oversight board also recommended last month. Bob Bauer, the coalition's senior advisor for voting rights, in the letter called on Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg to make quote an unequivocal commitment to to the complete and public review suggested by the Oversight Board. Unless Facebook engages in the transparent evaluation and review that the Oversight Board demands, it will have discredited the board's very reason for being within 30 days of its only noteworthy action, Bauer, who advised Biden's presidential campaign and served in the Obama White House, wrote. So this guy is a liberal through and through. Nothing going on here, folks. No, they just want a bipartisan review here. There's no uh, no deeper meaning here. They're not trying to come after conservatives. No, no, no. They just want answers, don't you see? And by the way, this oversight board at Facebook, people can say that, it, you know, it's bipartisan. They keep politics out of it. No, they don't. Mark Zuckerberg, Marky Mark, is still paying their salaries. Does that count for anything? I think so. The article goes on. Again, this is from Newsmax. Facebook's Oversight Board, which has upheld Facebook's decision to suspend former President Donald Trump's account, has already called for a comprehensive uh, review of Facebook's potential contribution to the narrative of electoral fraud and the exacerbated tensions that culminated in the violence in the United States on January 6th. Facebook is required to respond to the board's recommendations for changes to its policies and follow-up actions by this Friday, even though the suggestions are not binding. With their letter, Biden's allies are pushing the company to take action ahead of the deadline. I'm telling you folks, Biden is behind this. You know, they, they talk about Biden allies, this nonprofit group having close ties to Joe Biden. I wouldn't doubt if joe biden gave gave the order if joe biden stepped forward and said hey hey guys hey you working at the uh, building back together organization why don't you urge facebook urge you know really put the pressure on them here put the pressure on them tell them to really look into this and see how they contributed to what happened on january 6 what better way to target conservatives on on facebook than by exploiting again what happened on January 6th I'm telling you folks this is what's happening this is this is a this is an attempt to further silence conservatives on social media how do I know because folks I know liberals I know liberals like the back of my damn hand I know how they think I know how they operate I know how they play these little games this is what they're doing This is exactly what they're doing. They want to keep talking about January 6th for political purposes. They want Facebook to look into January 6th uh, for political purposes, for purposes of censorship, so that they can, you know, launch this investigation and then these bipartisan non-liberals, wink, wink, are going to say, yeah, you know what? Facebook did contribute to what happened on January 6th. The only solution, it would seem, is to silence conservatives on Facebook. That's the end game, folks. You heard it here first. Now, thankfully, Senate Republicans blocked the January 6th commission. It passed the House, Senate Republicans blocked it. And liberals aren't very happy about it. As a matter of fact, liberals are pretty ticked off. And can you really blame them? I mean, they had a vehicle that they were going to use to further smear conservatives. And it just kind of got blown up. But Nancy Pelosi is out there looking at alternatives. Looking at alternatives. Oh, yes, now that the the, the January 6th commission got voted down in the Senate, they're looking for Alternatives. This from the Hill. Pelosi floats Democrat-led investigation of January 6 as a commission alternative. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's being led by Nancy Pelosi. No surprise there. <sighs> Speaker Nancy Pelosi on tu- again. This is from the Hill. Nancy Pelosi on Tuesday outlined multiple possibilities for a House Democratic-led investigation. Democratic-led investigation. So screw bipartisanship. They don't want to hear from us Republicans. They could give a damn what we have to say or what we have to think. A Democrat-led investigation. Yeah, that's going to be fair, right, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, I could tell you what the results of this Democrat-led investigation are going to be before it even kicks off. I could tell you what, what they're going to find. Quote unquote uh, where was I? Pelosi laid out four potential alternatives during a House Democratic caucus call following Friday's vote in the Senate that failed to overcome a GOP filibuster against legislation that would have established a commission modeled after the one that probed the 9/11 terror attacks. According to a source on the caucus call, the four alternatives laid out by Pelosi include allowing the Senate to vote again on the House-passed bill to create an independent commission. (laughs) Unbelievable. So, you know, it didn't pass the Senate for the first time. Well, we got to vote again. We'll just do it again until we get our way. These Democrats, I swear to God, when they don't get their way, they kick and scream and throw a tantrum. That's what they do. And Nancy Pelosi leads the charge. Uh, okay, so allowing the Senate to vote again, creating a House Select Committee, is another alternative, allowing multiple committees to continue their ongoing investigations or empowering one House committee, such as Homeland Security, to take the lead on investigating January 6th. Uh. Pelosi ruled out the idea of a presidential commission that had been floated by some Democrats because it likely wouldn't have subpoena authority or funding without a statutory uh, change. No final decisions have been made, and Pelosi said discussions will continue so that Democrats can establish consensus on the next steps. So this, um, they don't want to let this go, is the key takeaway here, ladies and gentlemen. They don't want to let this go. Senate blocked it, thanks to the GOP filibuster. Um, and uh, they they didn't pass the January sixth commission, but they're trying to look for alternatives because again they want to keep this conversation going. You know, how about a commission, by the way, to investigate BLM and Antifa? You know, while we're while we're on the subject of creating, uh, you know, co- uh, commissions to investigate violence. In this country, why don't we look into violence perpetuated by radical BLM activists, radical Antifa activists who think nothing of lighting things on fire, smashing windows, breaking into businesses, destroying public and private property? Why don't we look into that? How about a commission for that? Do Democrats give a damn about that? No, not really. Not really. But what happened on January 6th? Oh my God, we gotta investigate we got to investigate. And by the way, I can't remember when this was. It was a few years ago. And I talked about this a couple weeks ago, too. The congressional baseball game that occurred. I can't remember where it was, uh, what, what state it was in. But when some nut job opened fire on GOP congressmen at a baseball game. Did Democrats at the time call for an investigation into that? No, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't give a damn. Nothing. They didn't want answers. They didn't want to look into it. But now, now, what happened on January 6th, they're exploiting it for political gain. And they're not going to let it go. They're not going to let it go because it's uh, it's, it's low-hanging fruit. It's a perfect opportunity for them. To come after us conservatives even more. To come after us conservatives even more. Folks, when I say that these Democrats are coming after us freedom fighters, us liberty fighters, us Constitution lovers, like never before, I truly mean it. I truly mean it. And look, they came after Donald Trump... They couldn't stand Donald Trump. They smeared him and they smeared his supporters. But now, it's, it's almost different in a way. Because they have the power now and they're still on the offensive. And it's, it's almost like, to me, it seems like they are trying to finish us off. They're trying to deliver the final blow. I think Donald Trump scared the hell out of them, folks. When Donald Trump was elected, it scared the hell out of them because it let them know that the American people, us conservatives, us Trump supporters, were're wide awake and we're not going to let them ruin our country as easily as as they want as, as they want to. We're not going to allow it. Donald Trump was a clear message that we're here and we're going to fight. They were they they were and are terrified that someone like Donald Trump could be elected in this country. And so now Donald Trump unfortunately is no longer president anymore and they are they're turning it up. They're turning up the heat. In their minds it's now or never. In their minds it's now or never. In their minds they have to stamp out conservatism. Bad news for them, though, we're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. That's the beauty. Uh, th- that's the beautiful thing about conservatives, folks, is that when we get knocked down, um, when we get, you know, defeated politically, we don't go away. We don't go away. We don't sit down and and suck our thumbs and pretend like like everything's going to be okay. We don't we don't sit down, we don't go quietly. Because us conservatives, we love this country. And we're willing to fight for it till the end. I'll be right back.
0: This is the Jason Veeley
2: Program.
1: Conservatives. How many times have you been called a racist by someone on the left? What about sexist, bigoted, homophobic, xenophobic, right-wing, radical extremist? These are all buzzwords that liberals use as a means of labeling conservatives as something that they're not. And let me tell you something. I, like most of you, am getting pretty damn sick of it. That's why I started my own conservative comedy series, Living with a Liberal. posted on the popular video-sharing app TikTok, Living with a Liberal features two fictional characters, played by yours truly, whose political differences could not be more obvious. It's a comedic take on the modern-day Liberal Democrat, because if they can brand us as racists and bigots, we can brand them as triggered, oversensitive snowflakes. Check out Living with a Liberal today on TikTok. Just search Jason Veely, and you'll be taken right to my homepage. I have over 100 episodes on there, so you won't be short on content anytime soon. Enjoy. Are you a pissed off liberal that wants to give me a piece of your mind? Or maybe you're a conservative that simply has a question or comment. Either way, you should know that there's a few different ways you can reach me. Feel free to send me an email at program at gmail.com. Or if you prefer, you can also call the show number and leave me a voicemail. 860-266-2852. Be sure to provide your name and where you're writing or calling from thanks a lot I look forward to hearing from you well our dear leader Joe Biden spoke yesterday in uh, toast Tulsa Oklahoma to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa race massacre and as usual, he made a fool of himself, a complete embarrassment. Um, we have some audio clips that, that I want to get to. He said some questionable things during this speech. Extremely questionable, and I'm not going not gonna to let him get you know get away with it here. Uh, here's cut one, Joe Biden yesterday.
0: We have a thing called, I won't go into it all, but there's not enough time now, but I'm determined to use every taxpayer's dollar that is assigned to me to spend going to american companies and american workers to build that build american products and as part of that
1: all right can i can i stop why does joe biden always sound like he's drunk may i say that why does joe biden always sound like just before the speech he slugged down a few i mean honestly slurring his words is he is he drunk or is he drugged up this is our president folks a damn embarrassment And what's worse is that the guy's reading off a teleprompter can't even read. Could you imagine if I did my podcast the way that Joe Biden delivers a damn speech? You'd turn it off after the first minute and a half, and frankly, I wouldn't blame you. But anyway, keep listening. Here, let me start that clip over.
0: We have a thing called I won't go into it all, but there's not enough time now, but I'm determined to use every taxpayer's dollar that is assigned to me to spend going to American companies and American workers to build — that build American products. And as part of that, I'm going to increase the share of the dollars the federal government spends to small disadvantaged businesses, including black and brown small businesses. Right now, it calls for 10 percent I'm going to move that to 15% of every dollar spent when we spent the world.
1: All right, now here, here's something that I've never understood about the left. Why are they always so quick to break us into groups? To break us into, into groups based on skin color or, or gender or sexual orientation. I mean, what, what, we're all Americans, aren't we? In other words, so Joe Biden there, he just said, you know, in, in a nutshell, I'm going to invest even more money and disadvantaged black and brown small businesses. Alright, great. But why isn't the message you know, we're going to do what we can here's how a conservative would have would have addressed this. I would have said we're going to do whatever we can to support small businesses. Period. That's it. None of this white, brown, black crap. Because we're all Americans. We're all Americans. We can all succeed. We all have limitless potential, opportunities. We all do. Stop breaking us up based on race. I'm so damn sick of it. Talk about, oh, this person's white, and that's a white business, and these people are brown and black, and those are brown and black businesses, and we're going to give this amount of money to brown and black businesses. I mean, what is this, folks? We're Americans, for God's sakes. We're Americans. That's who we are. That's who we are. Keep listening.
0: i have to do that. Of course, everyone's clapping. Just imagine, instead of denying millions of entrepreneurs the ability to access capital and, and, and contracting, we made it possible to take their dreams to the marketplace to create jobs and invest in our communities. The data shows young black entrepreneurs are just as capable of succeeding given the chance as white entrepreneurs are, but they don't have lawyers. They don't have, they, they, they don't have accountants. They don't have
1: lawyers and they don't have accountants. That seems pretty damn racist to me, Joe Biden, assuming that minorities don't have lawyers and accountants. Who the hell are you to say that? Who the hell are you to say that? How do you know? How do you know? I don't know. That seems pretty racist to me, ladies and gentlemen. And dare I say that if Donald Trump had said something even remotely similar to that, even remotely similar, he would be smeared and trashed endlessly, night and day for weeks. He would. You know it and I know it. But here's Joe Biden, folks, saying that minorities don't have lawyers and accountants. I I mean... Based on what, Joe? Are you saying that they are, I don't know, are too stupid or too dumb or too too whatever to get lawyers and accountants? I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I tell you what, if I was Joe Biden's PR guy, I would be, first of all, I probably would have resigned on day one. I would have said, I can't do this. The guy's an idiot. That PR guy probably works overtime trying to cover up for Joe Biden. Whenever Joe Biden goes out there, this PR guy is probably cringing. Saying, Joe, please just don't say something stupid. Please don't say anything stupid. Please don't say anything stupid. <laughs> anyway, uh, here's another clip from the speech yesterday. Joe Biden talking about white supremacy.
0: As I said in my address to the joint session of Congress, according to the intelligence community, Terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today.
1: I don't buy it. Not ISIS,
0: not Al-Qaeda, white supremacy. Not ISIS, not
1: Al-Qaeda. White supremacy is the biggest domestic terror threat. I don't care who said it. I don't care who said it. The intelligence community, if it comes out of the mouth of Joe Biden, I don't give a damn. I don't buy that for one second. More of a threat than Al-Qaeda? More of a threat than ISIS? I don't think so. But they keep talking about this, don't they, ladies and gentlemen? It's always something new about racism or white supremacy or white nationalism. And the reason is because they like perpetuating this victim status in this country. That's what they do. It's a message to minorities that says, yeah, you know what? You are oppressed. This is, this is absolutely terrible. White, white supremacy and white nationalism and systemic racism, you're all oppressed. But don't worry. Us Democrats will take care of it. We'll take care of you. That's the message. And that's why they keep going on and on and on with this race crap. That's why they keep talking about critical race theory in our classrooms, and so on and so forth. And by the way, at the beginning of the speech, something pretty awkward happened. See, this is, this is what I was saying just a few minutes ago about, you know, could you imagine being Joe Biden's PR guy? The guy literally steps up to the podium and within the first few minutes is doing something that just made me cringe and I'm sure will make you cringe. Listen to this.
0: So thank you. Please, if you have a seat, sit down. And I've got to make one check here. I've
1: got to make one check here, he says. And he leaves the podium and he's going to the audience. And now he's talking to two young girls in the front row. <laughs>
0: Now I walking just had back to make up. sure the two girls got ice cream when this was over. <laughs> Imagine how excited you'd be when you're oh four, five, almost five years old, coming to hear a president speak. <laughs> my Lord, in my faith, we call that purgatory.
1: Okay, then. There's old creepy Joe. You know, someone has to say it, folks. This is creepy behavior. This is very, very creepy behavior. And I'm only half joking around here. The, the way Joe Biden uh, interacts with young girls, young girls on numerous occasions is just so creepy. It's so creepy. I read an article, I think from yesterday or the day before, where he commented on another little girl sitting in the audience with her legs crossed. And said, oh, she's so pretty. I like your hair. You look 19 years old with your legs crossed like that. It's just, who says this sort of thing? It's creepy. And is no one going to tell Joe Biden this, by the way? All of his aides and advisors and so on and so forth, his his PR people, no one's going to tell him, hey, Joe, you're being a little creepy. Hey, Joe, this might not look the best to the public. Hey, Joe, you know, stop talking to little girls talking about ice cream with them or commenting on their hair no one's gonna say this to joe biden well i'll say it it's creepy as hell it absolutely is folks but he's been doing it forever and uh that's joe biden that's joe biden's speech in a nutshell by the way he gets up there he makes a racist comment then talks about white supremacy in america being the single biggest uh, domestic terror threat, bigger than al-Qaeda and ISIS. And uh, before all of that, he, you know, flirts with young girls, talking about ice cream. (sighs) There we we go. Had to get that off my chest. All right. Let me move on here. Article from the Daily Wire. Greg Abbott issues disaster declaration amid immigration crisis blast Biden's open border policies. Now, we we've talked about this before, and Greg Abbott has been extremely vocal about what's going on in Texas. This has been going on for months. For months, Joe Biden has been I mean, uh, Greg Abbott has been saying, "Look, what's going on at the southern border, particularly in my state of Texas, is a crisis. This is a horrible situation, and he's been slamming the Biden administration, as he should be, for not doing a damn thing about it. This from the Daily Wire, piece written by Tim uh, Pierce. Texas Governor Greg Abbott announced on Tuesday, that is yesterday, that illegal immigration into his state has reached crisis levels and declared the situation at the border a disaster. Abbott issued the disaster declaration on Monday, granting the state and local governments greater flexibility to use state and uh, national resources to deal with the crisis. Abbott's disaster declaration comes amid record levels of illegal immigration into the United States spurred by the election of President Joe Biden in November. President Biden's open border policies have paved the way for dangerous gangs and cartels human traffickers, and deadly drugs like fentanyl to pour into our communities, Abbott said in a statement on Tuesday. Meanwhile, landowners along the border are seeing their property damaged and vandalized on a daily basis while the Biden administration does nothing to protect them. And by the way, why? how long has it been since we've heard about this? Has Joe Biden addressed this at all lately? No, he hasn't. Has Kamala Harris addressed this at all lately? The person who apparently is in charge of dealing with this crisis, has she said anything? No, she hasn't. They've gone dark. They've gone dark. They're not doing a damn thing. And it's a shame. I couldn't imagine living in South Texas right now. I couldn't imagine it. Living in fear. Watching drugs pour into your communities. People who have no right to be in the country pour into my communities. I mean, I couldn't imagine it. And Greg Abbott is absolutely justified in calling this a crisis and issuing this disaster declaration. Absolutely justified. I would do the same thing. Hopefully Joe Biden pays attention now and does something about it, but... Of course, that's, uh, that's unlikely. Abbott went on. He said, Texas continues to step up to confront the border crisis in the federal government's absence, but more must be done. By declaring a state of disaster in these counties, Texas will have more resources and strategies at our disposal to protect landowners and enforce all federal and state laws to combat criminal activities stemming from the border crisis. Working together with local law enforcement, the state will continue to take robust and meaningful action to keep our communities safe. Abbott's declaration uh, rips Biden, blaming his administration for the border crisis and for endangering Texans and causing a humanitarian crisis at the border. This is all... Really, folks, what this all comes down to is political correctness, isn't it? I mean, everything that's going on at the border right now is because Joe Biden believes in political correctness, and he believes that other countries' problems are our problems, and it's not true. It shouldn't be that way. Yes, we have a system for those seeking asylum. They come in through the port of entry. We have a system for that. But to say that we need to let in every single young person, teenager, what have you, preteen, coming up trying to get in through the southern border, that's absurd. Then Joe Biden should make it clear and say, you know what, this isn't our problem, Mexico, and and you, uh, you countries south of the border, this is your damn problem. These are your children, not ours. Do something about it. That should be the message, but it's not Joe Biden because of political correctness and, you know, trying to be, uh, I guess the world's babysitter here. We're taking all of these people in our detention facilities are overflowing. They're in horrible conditions. We've read reports about people being uh, young people being abused and harassed in many of these facilities. It's a disaster, an absolute disaster. They can't get in touch with their Um, with their parents or guardians it's it's horrible it's absolutely horrible but that's what's going on and in the meantime they're flooding into many of them are flooding into uh southern communities like in texas with you know carrying drugs cartel uh members are coming in it's it's a disaster and Kamala Harris is out there focusing on why they're coming here. You got to figure out why they're coming here, what they really want. You know, the, the root causes she's focused on instead of doing something to fix it. But that's Kamala Harris. And by the way, while I'm on the subject of Kamala Harris, did you hear that Joe Biden put her in charge of um, something to do with voting? I think ensuring that our voting system is here. It is Biden taps Harris to lead white house fight to expand voting rights. So, uh, Kamala Harris is apparently in charge of that now, and no doubt she's going to be looking into racism, quote unquote, in the voting system and all the rest. My question is, you know, Joe Biden already tapped Kamala Harris for the immigration thing. Now she he's tapping her to take the lead on voting rights in this country. I mean, who's president at this point, ladies and gentlemen? Is Kamala Harris president? Or is Joe Biden president? I'm just curious. Back in a minute. Are you a pissed off liberal that wants to give me a piece of your mind? Or maybe you're a conservative that simply has a question or comment. Either way, you should know that there's a few different ways you can reach me. Feel free to send me an email at Program at gmail.com. Or, if you prefer, you can also call the show number and leave me a voicemail. 860-266-2852. Be sure to provide your name and where you're writing or calling from. Thanks a lot. I look forward to hearing from you. Conservatives, how many times have you been called a racist by someone on the left? What about sexist, bigoted, homophobic, xenophobic, right-wing, radical extremist? These are all buzzwords that liberals use as a means of labeling conservatives as something that they're not. And let me tell you something, I, like most of you, am getting pretty damn sick of it. That's why I started my own conservative comedy series, Living with a Liberal. Hosted on the popular video-sharing app TikTok, Living with a Liberal features two fictional characters, played by yours truly, whose political differences could not be more obvious. It's a comedic take on the modern-day Liberal Democrat, because if they can brand us as racists and bigots, we can brand them as triggered, oversensitive snowflakes. Check out Living with a Liberal today on TikTok. Just search Jason Veely, and you'll be taken right to my homepage. I have over 100 episodes on there, so you won't be short on content anytime soon. Enjoy.
0: Crystal. Hey Mike, have you heard of the Jimmy Z Show?
1: Yeah, Crystal. The Jimmy Z Show is awesome.
0: Which topic do you like most?
1: I like them all. They are all lots of fun. Do you have a favorite?
0: I just like Jimmy Z. His voice is so hot.
1: Okay, but what about his politics?
0: What politics?
1: The politics he talks about on the Jimmy Z Show.
0: I never noticed any politics. All I hear is the velvety smooth dull sit tone of Jimmy Z's sizzling, sexy, scintillating voice.
2: Holy mackerel. The Jimmy Z Show. The Jimmy Z Show is available on Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, and iTunes.
0: I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message.
1: Welcome back to the show, folks. I have audio that I... Wanted to play yesterday, but unfortunately didn't get to. CampusReform.org is a fantastic organization, by the way. Um, I've done some work with them in the past. Uh, I know some people that work there. Um, they, they do really, really great work exposing bias that goes on um, from the left in, in college classrooms and, and uh, even high schools. Uh, they, they do a phenomenal job. Um, and anyway, they released a video a couple days ago um, about Memorial Day. About Memorial Day. And what they did was they went out there and they asked students if they would support signing a petition to cancel Memorial Day. Now, of course, campus reform didn't really believe this. You know, it was a fake petition. But the, the point was to see how many young people would actually support canceling memorial day here's what happened take a listen
2: i'm addison smith with campus reform we are here in washington dc in honor of memorial day a day where we celebrate the fallen men and women who have fought to protect this nation but the question is can americans even still unite around memorial day we're gonna see how far they'll go well they sign this petition right here to ban memorial day as a celebration of american imperialism Let's see what they say. You know, we're talking about Memorial Day. Is this a holiday that you support? Is this something that you're going to be celebrating?
3: Uh, I'm not celebrating. I don't think Memorial Day should be a thing that we celebrate personally. Okay, why not? Um, I feel like it's a celebration of U.S. imperialism and colonialism, personally. It's not like an attack on any individual, but more of a system.
0: Absolutely not. Uh, I think it represents... A lot of negative aspects of America
1: and highlights something that, you know, people shouldn't necessarily be proud of. If we're going to honor and celebrate the dead, I think it should be those that lost their lives to, um, you know, genocide in America. You know, know, folks, I would be screaming into into my microphone right now if this weren't so sad. I mean, this is more sad than anything else. You have Memorial Day, a day dedicated to remembering and honoring the lives of those who fought and died for our freedom. Fought and died for our freedom. I mean, I think of people like my grandfather, both of my grandfathers, as a matter of fact, who fought uh, in, in World War II for our freedom, against the forces of evil, against People who wanted world domination. That I, I mean, I, I think of, you know, on Memorial Day and Veterans Day. I understand Memorial Day is specifically for people who passed away, made the ultimate sacrifice. But, you know, living or dead, these people fought and or died for our freedom so that we can live free. And these young people today don't even understand it. They don't even understand it. They have zero appreciation. And it's because of what they're being taught in school. They're being taught that America is, you know, is uh, imperialists. We're going around conquering other countries. That's what they're being taught. And so any day, like Memorial Day, when we honor those who fought and died for our country, in their minds, it's all about american imperial uh, imperialism, quote unquote, America conquering, quote unquote. That's how they see things through these these twisted um goggles th- this twisted lens.
2: Anyway, keep listening. why we celebrate Memorial Day?
1: Um
3: I know it's like veterans yeah.
2: Do you know why we celebrate Memorial Day? Not really, no.
3: Um, to be honest, not really. You know, I did, maybe like three years ago. Right. I mean, it's basically like imperialism, so. Yeah. I mean. It's to remember the fallen. It's a memorial and remembrance of people who have fought for our country. There's
2: a, actually a problem with Memorial Day, which is that it, it is kind of memorializing American imperialism and kind of glorifying it. Mm-hmm. Would you guys agree with that? Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I have this petition here. Uh, kind of along the same lines, we're trying to get support to unrecognize Memorial Day as a federal holiday um, because of, you know, like you were saying, the American imperialism and the barbarism. Would, would you be willing to sign this? Absolutely, awesome. Would you be Would you be willing to sign in support of that, though? Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Probably not because it's one of my bank holidays and I work at a bank. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> but um, I do think we should probably rebrand Memorial Day as yeah. something else. Like okay. let's let's celebrate something. Worthwhile instead of imperialism.
3: I have a good feeling you're gonna sign this for me. For sure, I'm definitely in awesome. down. That's amazing. How long have you been trying to do this for? Uh, we've been out here for a few hours. Okay. So no, no one wants to sign it. <laughs> for
2: that, real? I mean, yeah.
3: Americans really like being American. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
2: happening?
3: know why. Talk to
2: me a little more about you know your, the American imperialism thing. Um, oh. d- uh, what you want to know, like <laughs> <laughs> Hey, whatever you want to whatever you want to tell me, I'm open ears.
3: <laughs> uh, I mean, like I didn't really think of in this way until I got to college and, like, I took women's and gender studies classes See and that, that put me on this path where I'm like, yeah, like, f- the U.S. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: great. F the U.S. F you, buddy. What do you think of that? I don't know what the hell they taught you in your gender study. By the way, why would you take that class? What, what are you gonna get a job in gender study? I mean, honestly. Keep listening.
2: You took those, you took the
3: gender studies classes and you had this kind of revelation? Yeah, okay. exactly. What was it about the class? Um, kind of sh- like I was always into social justice but I didn't know I didn't have the language for that and then they kind of it kind of gave me that language and made me realize how everything is connected and like for me like I was on this like spirituality type journey where I was like oh we're all one or whatever and like what I was learning in social justice like was the material analysis I needed to practice what I feel like exists on a spiritual plane in real everyday life very cool would you be down to like completely abolish the military uh, yes please
1: you know, folks, sometimes I think that we're doomed. I, I really do. And I, I hate to be so blunt about it, but I mean, you you look at what these young people are being taught, what they believe, what they truly believe. It's shocking to me. It's absolutely shocking to me. And it's because of these professors who are teaching them about how bad America is About how racist America is. Talking to them about critical race theory. My brother by the way. uh, Is just starting out a master's program in social work. And so he's starting to. um, You know he's had a few homework assignments already. And he was telling me yesterday. They're they're teaching him about. These. the, The craziest theories you could ever think of. All about race. All about race, one of his textbooks argues that there's no such thing as a non-racist idea, only racist ideas or anti-racist ideas. That was from his textbook. and he had a whole list of similar uh, uh, theories. I mean and that's only in the Social Work program at this one school um, in in New England. I mean it it goes on across the country and it's scary as hell. It's scary as hell. That's why winning elections is only only half the battle. Because if we win elections all right great we win elections but we still have the battle in the classroom, we still have the battle in the media, we still have the battle in Hollywood. The fight is ongoing, folks. Sometimes I really do think we're doomed. But then I'm reminded that us conservatives don't back down, and we're going to fight till the end. We're going to fight till the end. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what helps me sleep at night. All right, I want to thank you very much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week. Have a great night. God bless. And God save this great nation.